Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Well, hey, this is Victor Marks. I'll be your host for this edition of the show. And today I have a colleague and uh, Lieutenant Colonel Retired, Jeff Teagues from the Special Operations Community. Welcome, Jeff, to the program. Thanks, Vic. Well, we had a great show yesterday. If you didn't listen to it, uh, go to victormarks.com forward slash show. Listen to the podcast. Uh, really insightful on what's happening at the border. We gave some nuggets seeing how we just came back from there. Definitely, I mean, we were on the river. We saw things firsthand at observation posts. We were the point of contact as people were crossing into, and we just keep learning more and more. And we feel called to see this crisis as an opportunity to help the hurting, try to insert risk, and we'll talk about that today, into the evil that's being done, and then protect and save lives, all at the same time, really seeking to glorify God uh, in what we're going to be doing and are doing down there right now. So what what is a story that caught your heart uh, or a fact of knowledge that you want to share with people today on that? I think that one is a very specific story. Um, and then the other one is a little bit more general. Another one of the, those things that we talked about yesterday that I wasn't quite prepared for. So the specific story is it was the nursing mother that had come across. And Vic, you and I have been working with trauma victims for years. We've been working with sex trafficking survivors, survivors of sexual abuse, and we both have this instinct that you can just recognize when you meet a young lady that has undergone that trauma. And yeah. she was one of those and a couple of the other ones that we spoke to that you just knew yeah. something bad happened on that journey. Yeah. And you asked a couple of them straight up and you and you did ask her if she felt in danger or, you know, there 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 was some abuse that she had to undergo and and she gave the answer that a lot of victims give survivors yeah. yeah give and it's they've seen it you know they saw they saw it happen to others and you know she was confronted with it but she got past it you know that's almost always the first response when you're talking with victims and that just broke my heart man i mean she was a young mother still nursing a baby that was on this journey and we know she had to pay a sexually abusive price to come here. Let me put in perspective, folks. Here she is trying to get to America. She's got this small baby. Now she runs across thugs, members of a cartel, whatever. They see her. She's a beautiful young mom. They grab her baby and they said, we'll give you your baby back. But this is what's going to happen first. And the price she had to pay to get her child, uh, this is for and about someone who who made it. There are things called rape camps that uh, do exist. And again, it's a price. There is no police. There is no justice or protection when you're traveling a month and a half. You're sleeping outside. 
You're trying to survive. And believe me, evil knows that. And there are evil men and women that take advantage of that. Uh, And it does break your heart. So that's one of the reasons. Obviously, people know our ministry is to help those that are traumatized. But we do counter sex trafficking. We do counter pedophile work. One of the things that impacted me, Jeff, and I posted a video of it. I had the night vision. I was hiding in the bush. And we saw that group coming through of men holding children. And this wasn't their kids. You can see it. It, They were holding them by the forearm, the wrist, the scruff of the neck. These were their passports into America. And you don't know what happened. They could have killed their parents. The parents could be under siege. uh, And these kids are recycled. They're brought to America. Then they're sent back. They're done again. But you saw the terror. One of them that, that really got me was the little girl in the back and this evil guy. So I thank God that we were there. I thank God that the National Guard unit was there and that the authorities keyed in on this. And we are very hopeful and prayerful that these men would be stopped. But that's how dysfunctional and jacked up this whole situation is, folks. That's why we have to continue to not only go back, but establish a presence and expand our base of operation. We want a safe house or a ranch in the area. We have to get vehicles. We have to get more night vision. There's gear. There's things we have to do in order to operate safely and effectively to help uh, stop pedophiles, stop traffickers, support those who are doing the hard work, and then also reach with the gospel, and, and including starting with a bottle of water. Right. I, I was looking at a video footage of you holding water, giving it out. And they were just, and this was at night in the cool season, yeah. but they were so dehydrated. We know what's coming right now. Heat, temperatures that will kill people. Am I right on that? And the Border Patrol are saying just that. In, yes. in the heat of the summer, they, they literally have people dying you know, in their custody as they cross the river and and, and get to a, an American facility. So the the other thing that continues to just boggle my mind as I as I think back on it, Vic, is all we took was snapshots, right? Like we're we're there a couple right. hours a night, right. and I have to admit, when you know when when I'm first hearing these stories, you know, from the National Guard guys, and they're like, oh, hundreds of people come across, and then we we went to the first couple sites, and like no one was coming, and I was like, are people exaggerating this? You know what I mean? We get the briefings on how organized it is. Brother, we were literally just taking snapshots of stuff, and we saw everything in the very first night. I mean, we the very first place we parked at, one, one of the scouts or falcons came out, a young lady, and, and photographed us, photographed our vehicle, photographed the Border Patrol on the U.S. side and, and was reporting over to the cartels that there was some activity there. I mean, we, we drove past her as we were getting into position. Right. You know, that we, we get the story about how organized these cartels are with their wristbands. So if people don't know about it, they you, yeah. you do not pass through the cartel country without paying the fee, paying the tax. So you either pay it up front. However many times they want to extort that out of you, you you pay for it physically, like we already discussed with some of these young ladies, yep. or you become an indentured servant. So you get to the United States, and now you've got to push money back to these cartels. But they get a, a little plastic bracelet like you get at SeaWorld, 
again, it boggles my mind that there is some cartel computer nerd that has his database and he knows exactly who that number is, where they came from, what they owe. You know, so when they get across this side of the border, uh, they take those off and they and they throw them in the bushes. And we found, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 of them as we were looking, you know, then the idea of the mules, you and I, we walk down to the river, we're quiet, we're just sitting there with our night vision goggles. And sure enough, here comes two young men moving fast with the phone, with backpacks, just crushing it through the underbrush with not a care in the world. You know, so I mean, every single thing that we were told, we saw. Yep. And the brilliance of uh, of the cartels. Also, I, I didn't understand why this strip of land near Mueslico and, and McAllen. Well, because it, it's perfectly suited for all of this with the terrain, right? You know, and then the high speed avenues of approach. Like once they get across the river, they're gone. They can blend into the urban areas and they're on the highways into the interior of the United States immediately. You're right. Tip of my hat to the cartels. They're crushing it, man. They ha- they yep. have this thing organized to the T. Now, yep. the infighting on their side, um, they're continuing to vie for power and control and, and, and more share of the market. The violence on the other side of the river, again, was palpable. You know, you're hearing machine gun fire, you're hearing explosions. I mean, it's just the the violence is insane. But then they've got that almost demilitarized zone as you get close to the river. And then on the U.S. side of the river where everything is completely peaceful, because the last thing these cartels want to be labeled as is a criminal terrorist organization. Yep. You know, if the U.S. labels these cartels terror organizations, which we should that opens up a lot of government funding and a lot of national assets that are not are being are not being brought to bear on the issue right now. So that is one of those things that we will know. To me, this is one of those triggers. I will know that our country is beginning to take this seriously when our government declares that these cartels are terror organizations. Until we do that, I'm sorry, people, at the political level, at the policy level, we're just not taking it seriously, and now it devolves back again to us as the church to pick up the pieces. Right. There's an area of government that the church has abdicated their authority and responsibility to. That is wrong, and uh, the government will not solve all the problems, but there's a place for government, God-ordained government, with law enforcement, policing, judicial system, and I will say this. This is a very good way, and it's some thousands, hundreds of thousands of you can do today. Contact your local representative. Uh, Start putting pressure on our elected officials to deem the cartels as terrorist organization. It would be an absolute game changer if we declared them terrorist organizations and tier one assets were, were leveled against them. But again, here's here's the other thing that we I don't think we mentioned is the demand. Yes. The reason all of this is happening is because of the incredible consumption of drugs that North America is involved with between Canada and the United States. The the reason these cartels are are shoving thousands of people a week into the United States is to have cover for them to push drugs along the seams. 
into the U.S. and into Canada. Yeah. And then the dangerous chemicals uh, with fentanyl and all these different methamphetamines, all, all of these, op- the opioid crisis is killing Americans. 80,000 last year, OD. 80,000. And this is all coming across the border. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons this needs to be discussed as a terror organization is because of its nexus with other foreign countries. You know, Chinese chemicals that are that are getting pushed into Mexico so they can the, the precursors for fentanyl and these other drugs. I mean, there there is an absolute nexus between Iran, China, other countries that are enemies of the United States that are feeding the precursors, the chemicals, and even the illicit, you know, uh, phony counterfeit uh, prescription drugs through Mexico, and they're they're killing Americans. Yeah. They're killing Americans in the interior of the United States. It is absolutely brilliant guerrilla warfare. Yeah. And we're just largely sitting on our hands. Now, on that note, uh, folks, you need to understand that there are people from many countries coming through. It's not just from South America. I mean, we were there and there were some Romanians or Hungarians uh, that had got through on one of our checkpoints. Uh, you get Middle Eastern, you get Chinese, and uh, they all pay different prices to cross that river. No one crosses that river without going through one of the cartels, and there's three main ones. So it's much bigger. Although it's complex, we're trying to get the truth out there so that people mobilize in a way that put pressure on elected officials and one that it, it will motivate you to pray because prayer does work uh, and that you would support what we're doing, knowing that we are making a difference. And through our all of our joint effort, this is like a special task force. We need people praying. We need monthly supporters. We need people who will go through our training and then deploy down there for short-term missions. And then there's we have a whole segment of reaching political leaders, officials, and all of this matters. So we can make a difference. We wouldn't be doing it if we didn't think we could, especially down to the basic of handing a child a lion and lamb to calm them and uh, give them a hug, give them a snack, give them water. Uh, And you guys, I mean, Lord willing, as this progresses, and if God keeps directing us and providing, well, we're going to get a boat for the water, we're going to cross over and start to understand what's going on on the other side, which will change the dynamics in a great way because, you know, the cartels will put the kibosh on anybody that's trying to interrupt. But we we trust God for direction and understanding of we want to bring light into darkness in the ways that he's uniquely called ATP to do it. You know, that was uh, the other thing where I thought, there may have been an exaggeration is these uh, they called them the exotic. So when we were on the ground and we were briefed from the national guard folks, they, they, they were calling these people coming from these, these high risk countries, exotics. Well, the U S labels them uh, special interest aliens, SIAs, which I think is probably now a special interest migrants. So people hear us using this term migrants. That's the, that's the PC term today, not illegal aliens, not undocumented. It's the term of migrants. So, even like you said, even while we were there, 
there were reports of exotics coming over just a couple nights we were there. Right. And the, you know, the people we interviewed, it was about three to $5,000 for, a, for a, a migrant from Central America to come across. But then these exotics or special interest aliens is, is 10 times that. Somebody's paying thirty to $50,000 to bring these people over from Europe, Asia, and, and the Middle East. Some of the data that I saw, I don't think we have numbers on 2020, but from 2019, the uh, Border Patrol reported and DHS reported that, that they arrested over 3,000 special interest aliens. Yeah. In the 10-year period from 07 to 17, they, they arrested 45,000 of these migrants from these special area of interest countries. I mean, that's no joke. It's another thing that I thought was exaggerated. Right. And we're talking about people from Pakistan, Iran, the Middle East, r- with radical Islamic ideology, Chinese, etc., just disappearing into the interior of, of the United States with, with nobody tracking them. And then lastly, the other thing I laugh at, Vic, was COVID. <laughs> Apparently apparently COVID doesn't exist on the border, right? Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed the paradox of when we're in Texas, you know, and you had to wear your mask everywhere still, even though the state has declared you don't have to wear a mask. Public businesses are still enforcing it. So you'd go from this, you got to wear your mask all the time to now we're down on the border with people from all over the globe coughing and spitting and crying and taking a leak and, you know, just all, you know, jammed into a van and COVID is just completely out the uh, out the window. Yeah. Forget the six foot minimum distance, people. <laughs> so anyhow, man, I I know we don't have a lot more time. I just want to say again, I I couldn't have been more proud and impressed mm-hmm. with the incredible Americans from the National Guard, from the Texas Department of Public Safety, and from the Border Patrol, the the work that they're doing on our behalf. I I can't thank them enough. So emphasize what you said last time, please. Let them know that we appreciate who they are and what it is they're doing for us. Recognize what this problem is. This is a man-made crisis because the cartels are pumping drugs into the United States that we are consuming. Mm. And then once we these migrants come across the border, we have to stop pointing our fingers at Washington and we've got to own some of this problem ourselves. Well said. I... While we're doing all this, have we stopped all our other lines of effort or or do we continue uh, as chief of operations? You know everything we're doing. And I'm not sure uh, our constituents or people can understand because we give snapshots. Some things we hold for security reasons, uh, but we have got a lot going. I mean, just today, uh, we know there are people, good people going after bad people who are trafficking, you know, people here in the U.S. And, and people have asked, well, why don't you give names and places and locations? Like, no, we, we would never jeopardize an operation or, or what someone is doing uh, to get the bad guys. And also, uh, you know, we can't be on the front page of everything saying we're part of this, we're part of that. It increases our risk and personal revenge for people in organizations that, you know, are getting their feelings hurt. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. With ATP, our three major programs with, with trauma relief, training and equipping and high risk ministry, we, we talk about those, but we, we only talk about pieces and parts of it. So yeah, I'll take this opportunity quick. I think we pushed six leads 
to law enforcement ju- just yesterday. Yep. You know, our support to counter sex trafficking and counter pedophile work throughout the United States to enable law enforcement to get to that point where they can pick up a case and really dig into it. That That is exploding. Our work with parole and probation to catch these sex offenders that are either on parole or probation, um, still accessing child porn, still getting on the internet and luring and grooming children, that's exploding. Um, so those are works in progress that we have a lot more to do. And that, and, and you know where my heart is, is to turn these men and women that we served with in special operations to a new passion and purpose and taking the skills that um, the U.S. taxpayers invested in them heavily, you know, yeah. to turn those against these problem sets. So I think that the problem of counter sex trafficking, counter pedophile work in the United States, we have nowhere to go but up even though we've had incredible successes of late. And then I'm really excited to expand, like you've been discussing these, these efforts on the border. It's a great way to be able to lead. And it's different than I was able to lead in the military because you you and I often will just, will pray about it. Someone asked me the other day, how do you guys decide where you're going to go and and what you're going to dig into? And one of the simple answers, the pragmatic answer is, well, where we have access and placement, you know, when our, in our, former lives, uh, we have friends in Iraq and Afghanistan and the Middle East and Israel and in different places around the, around the world, even in the U.S., where we have friends in certain cities and states that are, are ready to, to partner with us. So there's a very pragmatic reason why we do what we do, where we do it, and when we do it. But the other fascinating aspect of this leadership um, is we just pray and we listen to the Lord. Yeah, it's it's that simple. We go where we believe God is calling us and unanimously ATP believes we are being called to have a long term mission on this U.S. southern border. Even when it falls out of the news, we'll still be there. Just like we are in the Middle East. I got the report, as you did. Uh, We're presenting the gospel to children in an ISIS confinement camp. Weekly, folks, the, you know, this is happening, uh, and it's it's because of your present support. We have a base of operation inside. I don't know anybody else that does. I don't know anybody else yeah. that's presenting the gospel, helping to educate kids, turn their hearts from darkness to light, giving them hope. But as we prep for the Middle East, as we prep to expand our operations where we deploy down to the border, there are places that we go that people would want to stop us. And what would you tell folks if they ever get a report that you or myself or someone is kidnapped, killed, die on one of our high-risk missions? What would you tell folks how they should think about that? Yeah, don't, uh, don't mourn us. You know, please, what I would what I would expect and ask is that you attend to our families. Uh, you and I know where we go after this, Vic. Like yeah. we, we go to heaven. Yep. You know, our, our trust is squarely placed on on our savior, Yeshua. And if he decides to call us home, then I'll be waiting our next uh, op order from him. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to find that out. But in the meantime, we are his warriors here on this planet that he placed us on this garden that we're trying to 
make a better place. Yep. Well, I couldn't have said it better. Folks, uh, this is not something you hear often on Christian radio or podcast, uh, but it's our reality, and it's a privilege for us. It's an honor uh, for us to serve in this capacity as long as God has us, and and even in the future, us raising up the next generation uh, to do the same. We're advancing the kingdom of God, pushing back the kingdom of darkness, and we trust in the Lord. Don't think that a mistake happened. Don't think that something went wrong because that's not the truth. Uh, We still think uh, being martyred for the cause of Christ and the kingdom of God is honorable in God's eyes. It's not what we would prefer, but it's something that we've accepted that if it happens, it is God's will, and we trust him for it. Thank you all for listening to these two days of broadcast with our chief of operations, Colonel Jeff Teagues. Retired from the U.S. Army Special Operations Community. Thank you for your prayers. And we both thank you on behalf of our teams and those that we reach for your incredible prayer support and financial support. It's been humbling, to say the least. I mean, I think we're currently at a record high for donations to help us do this work. And, folks, we don't do fundraisers. That's, you know, we're, we're just not that type of organization. We're out doing the work saying, if God puts it on your heart, then be part of it as he leads. Uh, but we thank each and every one of you uh, for being part of our team and this ministry, the way God leads. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, do it for the glory of God. Live for him. Be a wife, husband, kid, uh, right in your home. That's where it all starts and glorify God with your life. He loves you. We do too. Thanks, and God bless you. Now go get it done. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.